It's going down, and you're invited for what they selling. We ain't buying. There is no running. There is no hiding. There's only fighting or dying. It's going down, and you're invited for what they selling. We ain't buying. There is no running. There is no hiding. There's only fighting or dying. It's Going Down is a digital community center from anarchist, anti-fascist, autonomous, anti-capitalist, and anti-colonial movements. Our mission is to provide an autonomous and resilient platform to publicize and promote revolutionary theory and action. Go to itsgoingdown.org for daily updates. Check out our online store for ways to donate and rate and follow us on iTunes if you like this podcast. My name is Malika. I go by she, her pronouns. I live in Washtenaw County, and I organize with General Defense Committee. And I am uh, Steve from Lansing, Michigan, part of Lansing GDC. Any pronouns are fine. Excited to talk about the work we've been doing with GDC and the recent uh, conference. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Well, let's just start off. Let's talk a little bit about the General Defense Committee. I feel uh, uh, we've talked to a lot of other people on the show from the general defense committee or the gdc which as we understand it is a section of the industrial workers of the world or the iww talk a little bit about the gdc what it is what it does and uh you know the work that you all are doing where you're at our gdc is a little bit uh it's a little weird because uh we are it started off in Washtenaw County in Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti. Uh, this, this version of it, I think during like 2017, 2018, something in there. And so, uh, it was inspired by the Twin Cities version of the, the GDC that was a part of the IWW, uh, the Industrial Workers of the World. But this version that we're currently, uh, a part of it, it doesn't have any connection to, uh, the IWW except inspiration. And so it's a little bit uh, different. I think the originally it was set up for the IWW as a, a and to fight back against repression, and as, as a like a committee of the of the IWW focused on something other than uh, labor organizing. Uh, we kind of decided to, or the folks that started this kind of. Uh, what's inspired by the folks in the twin cities and kind of like, uh, this current version is a community self-defense organization that kind of popped up inspired by the, the, the original GDC. And so, you know, we started like in 2019 COVID-19 happened. And as we all know, that's also around the time that the George Floyd rebellion happened. And so that's when we really started doing kind of different, I don't know what you would call it, but we started organizing in different areas. So like one of the main things we do is Washtenaw Camp Outreach, which we'll talk about later what it is. Um, we've done tenant unions. When the Roy, Roy versus Wade decision came out, you know, we supported other organizations and protesting and showing up and helping any and every event that you can think of. So that's, very briefly of what GDC is and what we're currently doing in Washtenaw. And I don't know, Steve, if you want to talk a little bit about Lansing. So both uh, Lansing GDC and Detroit GDC are, are more recent in the last, uh, I guess it's, it's, uh, it's 
been a little over a year now for uh, Lansing. I think it's been even less for Detroit, but kind of building on this uh, model where we're trying to do basically I'm building an organization that's a membership organization that is doing community self-defense work that's revolutionary and anti-capitalist and non-sectarian. I think those are the kind of the things that uh, this has been built around that I think uh, for me personally, like I thought this stuff was missing and I know we're going to get into this later also, but it's like a part of the failure of many of the social movements at the start of the Trump era was the kind of just lack of organization. Uh, there was a lot of wonderful projects that, that sprung up to address the needs of, of COVID and the, the rise of fascism and the, the fascist like mass movements associated with Trump. And, uh, Seeing that that uh, failure of organization, that we've been trying to figure out a way to like address that shortcoming. Tell us a little bit about the conference that happened. It was titled the Midwest Conference on Community Self Defense, or, or am I reading it wrong? Organizing <laughs> against capitalism. <laughs> I'm looking at one of the flyers. It's a, it's a bad. It's a, it's a it's a messy title. <laughs> we, 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 went, we went with it, and uh, it's it was a Midwest conference against cap, organizing against capitalism and for community self defense. I think that's those are the ideas. Uh, the title was a little long winded, but it's uh, that's what it was. So we didn't try to uh, make it fancy. <laughs> gotcha. And this took place in Michigan, and we will include a link to the program, but. Uh, needless to say, the organizations that were attending and participating was dozens and dozens. I don't know how, how many groups you have on here. It looks like about maybe over 75 or so. Um, we had about a little over 200 people attended. And while there was, I think, close to 100 organizations uh, that were that registered, uh, I mean, there's a, there was a... All of them didn't show up, obviously, but there, there was a, a pretty interesting mix of, uh, you know, trying to build this broad anti-capitalist revolutionary thread. Uh, we brought in a lot of people that I think don't often get in rooms together, and uh, I think all of us were kind of nervous about how that would go. But the spirit of camaraderie and I think everyone's recognition that we have more questions than answers uh, – was really came through in the conference. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about it. Tell us a little bit about just the, you know, what was talked about, uh, the impetus behind it, how it went. Dive into it. The first night, we kind of like the main the main question that we wanted to kind of address. It was called organizing against capitalism. The op- organizing against capitalism, the opening night panel, and we wanted to bring in people from around the country to kind of set the tone of the big picture uh, in terms of. It was, you know, the main question we asked was in the shadow of the George Floyd rebellion, the pandemic and the rise of the far right. We asked, what does anti-capitalist resistance look like today? What is the current terrain we are organizing on and what are the strategic priorities and challenges? Uh, we wanted to kind of like set the big picture. We just kind of went through this uh, period of intense social crisis in terms of all those things mentioned. And, uh, and now I think. So many of us were involved on a daily basis in in conflict and self-defense and mutual aid programs and organizing for survival. And then after January 6th and after the Biden uh, election, uh, it feels like uh, the disappearance of so many elements of the social movements uh, was so dramatic uh, 
the decline of the George Floyd rebellion and the switch from talking about, uh, you know, abolishing the police on everybody's tongues and 50% of people polled thought that the, the precinct in Minneapolis that burned was, was, uh, an ethical thing. <laughs> police arson for president. Yes. <laughs> and so like, uh, it, it would, this, the, the night and day feeling of where things are now, I don't think, you know, well, by no means are we back to normal or whatever the f- that means, but it is, it feels like the decline of the crisis while all these things in the background are still intensified. It's just, it feels very strange. So it really, the, the conference impetus was to kind of like, let's take a minute to kind of reflect on what we just went through and figure out where, cause I mean, it feels like, I think everybody feels like, uh, this is a pause before the next wave. Yeah. And how do we be better prepared for the next wave? Cause I mean, I don't know where, where it is where you all live, but it certainly hasn't gotten any better where I live. That's for sure. It's gotten worse. And I think people are, are, are pretty clear on that. Like the conditions on the ground have gotten worse. And I think that's the real contradiction too, is that at least under Trump, it felt like there was a fight back. And now it just feels like people are, I don't want to say defeated, but Kind of like what you said, just kind of like waiting for the next wave. I think Malika can talk about this, but a big, a big part of it felt like the next, the next wave or the, 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 the thing that was going to rejuvenate the social movements was the, the decision about Roe versus Wade. Absolutely. The Dobbs Dobbs decision. And, uh, I think maybe Malika can talk about that in terms of like how that, at least in Michigan has been, uh, it was not the case. Yeah. Rather disappointing to be quite frank. Um, so we all know the decision or the leak decision came out, I believe, in May. Um, and people like came to the streets again. There were protests like every weekend. There were, were people who were getting um, just like organized again. And there were so many different organizations, particularly in Michigan, that were coming together in this coalition. And then we in Michigan rallied around Prop 3. So when that happened, you know, again, we're relying on the government to give us body autonomy. And we protested every week, got on conferences calls, and November came around and Prop 3 got passed. And it literally overnight went from, like, having a 100 people in a signal thread to nothing at all, like, no communication, um, Obviously, yes, it's great to celebrate a victory, but it almost felt like everyone just kind of said, like, job all done, not really thinking about the fact that in Michigan in particular, really the southeast region is the only region that has access to the abortion. Like, once you go up so north, you you don't have an abortion clinic, and once you go so far west, you don't have an abortion clinic. So it's really these concentrated areas, and there's more fake abortion clinics than there are actual abortion clinics in the state of Michigan. So we really went from like, it, it felt like it happened overnight. Like people were energized, people were ready to fight back again. And then prop three passed in Michigan and it disappeared. And when we look at our surrounding states, so for example, like Indiana, they have a total ban on abortion. And I felt like we didn't do a good job at, helping our comrades in Indiana figure out a way that we can still communicate with each other. Um, Jax, who actually did a presentation for us at the conference, created this like beautiful Zen book of how to have a safe abortions and just answering all types of questions about abortion. 
Um, and I feel like that was the way for us to like rally again and just really encouraging each other to communicate, to stay together and not depend on the state to give us body autonomy and another way to bring people into the movement. And it just didn't happen. So I think this conference as well is coming back together and it's like, hey, um, we did have a workshop about reproductive freedom and how do we get that fire back into us? Because when Roe versus Wade came, the decision was going to be made. There was a lot of people in the streets and a lot of people from so many different backgrounds coming together. And again, kind of very similar to George Floyd, but once January 6th popped around, it just died completely. Do you feel that was because, you know, the midterms happened and the Democrats did a lot better than, you know, they were expecting? Uh, and there was this kind of uh, wave of millennial and Gen Z anger, I think, that was in many ways pushed forward by the Roe versus Wade decision. Do you feel like that kind of uh, recuperated it or was the, was it that there wasn't sort of like an autonomous window for a lot of the social movements to really build? And it seemed like a lot of the protests just kind of got stuck in the sort of like rally in circles ad nauseum until everybody gets tired and goes home. I feel like it kind of got stuck in that, that cycle of more reactionary and we, we didn't have, okay, once it gets, once it gets passed, what are we going to do next? Like what is the next um, anti-capitalist thing we can do? What is the next step? It was very much focused on one goal that was prop three. And after that, there was no next step. And again, I feel like a similar thing happened in the George Floyd Rebellion. Like, it was great. We got in the streets. We got energized. But we didn't really capture the moment and really put into theory or do study groups or anything like that. I feel like there was so many young people that were part of the wave in both the George Floyd Rebellion and this current wave around the Dobbs decision. And I think that there was a real a mishmash of a lot of different conflicting ideas in terms of like uh, so that the Democrats were able to recoup, recoup things uh, in some places. I mean, and especially Michigan, Michigan took the the governorship and both houses of the Congress. And so it's like they, and that hasn't happened in, in I, since I was a kid, I think. And uh, I think there's um, the lack, there was a lot of radical tactics and not necessarily a lot of radical ideas of uh, transforming the system or abolishing the system and coming up with something else. There was a lot of focus on survival and tactics. And uh, and I think that's that's one of the roles that a revolutionary organization can play uh, to help, uh, you know, in, in implement the lessons of, you know, hundreds of years of struggle. The autonomous social movements didn't really have beyond just kind of bringing that energy into the streets. There sort of wasn't a trajectory outside of kind of like, you know, this is my own critique, but, you know, a lot of the big alphabet soup left groups kind of offering just like the let's march in circles until no one wants to do that anymore. And I think people already didn't want to do that after George Floyd wore people out. I mean, just there was so much marching, so much marching. And not necessarily marching to any destination or any kind of vision of like, where do we take this energy? And it's like, and I, I don't have, I, I also don't know what the, the answer to that is, but it's like, we, we can't just march around in circles endlessly. There has to be some, some building what's next. 
that moment was a uh, you know very instructive for a lot of folks. But I also feel like over the past uh, couple years, one of the more positive things has been, and this has sort of been a return kind of like to basics, so to speak. But all of the defense people have done around like pride events and and like uh, drag events and stuff like that, I think has been really positive. I don't know what it's like for where you all are at, or if you have any thoughts on that. But that seemed to be like one of the big victories over the past year, it seems like. In uh, in Michigan, it's been a mixed bag. I mean, I think, like uh, Malika said, uh, after January 6th, a lot of the, the far-right stuff here dried up. Uh, in terms of like the mass movement, the mass social movement part of the far right, uh, we had folks from the three-way fight uh, blog do a, a workshop on trans radicalism and the three-way fight uh, at the conference, and uh, there was a lot of you know talking about this uh, how many of the there's still these right-wing street forces and things like that, but they're more uneven, especially in Michigan. There's a lot more focus amongst the right in just the political realm, in the electoral politics, and they have so much power in that realm right now that I don't – there's less, uh, I think, uh, focus on the, the street movement of the fascists. Uh, but one thing that they're, they all seem to be unified around the country, and I think you know that's been a deliberate strategy on their part, as they've been losing some steam to focus on trans stuff and queer stuff, and uh, and building some alliances, some untraditional alliances for the the right in this country. So, and for just kind of tracing back some things, and Malika can talk about this also. But uh, earlier this in the spring, there was a there was a, a drag event at a sidetracked bookstore in Royal Oak. And it was mainly the, the uh, far right Christian groups that had organized against the drag story hour. And, uh, and it was a uh, just massive turnout against them, uh, against the, the, the fascists. Uh, I mean, there was maybe 800 people there for 20 fascists who were encircled the whole time and got hit with snowballs. And, uh, the drag story was so well attended. Uh, they had, they ended up doing one session out on the street in addition to the one inside the bookstore because so many kids were there. Uh, and it was, it was, and I think everyone besides the fascists thought the day was a, a success. And it was, a, it was a chance for, I think, some liberal folks who were maybe not interested in the anti-fascist folks being there and the anti-fascist folks playing a good role that didn't, uh, alienate too many people and i think it was a it was a, a victory for uh, everybody on our side but at, i think at the but more recently uh in hamtramck and this is something that we talked a lot about in the three-way fight workshop uh hamtramck's kind of an interesting little enclave mini city within the city limits of detroit that has its own separate government it's been historically uh polish american uh city uh, but over the last uh you know, it's the eighties. It's been, uh, there's been a huge influx of, uh, Muslim folks and folks from Africa. And there's just a, a very vibrant, uh, international community there. And, uh, there's also kind of a vibrant, like, uh, music scene and hipster stuff. And, uh, and I think, uh, working class folks. What'd you say? Working class folks. Yeah. Of all kinds. And it's kind of, uh, it's, it's dynamic, but in the last, a uh, little bit, the far right has been building ties with Muslim city council folks to ban the, the, the flying of the pride flag. 
uh, and kind of like just kind of some anti anti pride stuff, not necessarily being overtly anti pride at times, but but obviously the the undercurrent there is is bad, and the and the far right has come out, and it's it's been really intense. And some of the folks from GDC who've been a part of that the movement uh, against that have been uh, targeted and assaulted, and uh, it's it's gotten it's uh, gotten very intense, and uh, the the social movements attempting to engage it are largely young and disconnected from the populations in Hamtramck and uh, haven't been able to, haven't been able to make much progress. I think because kind of going back to the same theme of like this, instead of like having these long-term roots where, you know, people, even maybe you even know the people you disagree with. I think there's just a lot of uh, young energy uh, that is kind of rootless and uh, the community organizing that needs to happen to build the possibility for uh, fighting back in a way that's uh, not like a, like a just outsiders, I think uh, is a, is a real challenge. I think you summed that up really well. (laughs) I think that's like one of the beautiful things about the conference though, is that we were able to talk about things like this of, especially in relation to like the whole mutual aid conversation of the importance of, knowing your neighbors and just building a community. Um, and I think they, I believe they talked about this in the tenant union section as well of the workshop of just knocking on a door and introducing yourself is really the first step of how we build and how we educate. And like Steve was saying, sometimes with these movements, they've been great for energizing, but no one knows each other, if that makes sense. Well, you brought up mutual aid. I wanted to ask, you know, as you stated, like many groups are experimenting with mutual aid programs. I'm just curious, you know, your all experience with that. Uh, what are people's thoughts on that now? Are there still any programs that are still being worked on? And just people's general thoughts, just like thinking back to that just explosion of experiments that happened post-COVID. Yeah, so I can talk about Washtenaw Camp Outreach. Um First, I think it's important that we state that mutual aids are probably needed now more than ever, especially when we look at the homeless population um, in Michigan has just exploded. And I'm sure other states have experienced this as well, especially um, because a lot of evictions were put on pause. And then we all saw like rent and housing just skyrocket after COVID and the wages didn't match anymore. So it made... A lot of people got evicted and there was no protection anymore. Um, so for Washtenaw Camp Outreach in particular, it's really, it's designed. Yes, it's a mutual aid group and we go out in the community, check on folks who are homeless, making sure, you know, the winters, cause in Michigan it can get really cold, making sure they have propane tanks. Um, making sure in the spring we had like a really bad tick problem, making sure that they have that, making sure that they know where they can take a shower, get food, wash clothes. Um, if you need another tent because your other tent got destroyed or the cops destroyed it, making sure they're provided that way and just talking and having a human relationship and a human connection to someone. We've been really blessed in um, Ipsy to have a solidarity house where folks can come in and just, talk and read a book or use the internet or um just hang out in the take grass a shower do yeah, their laundry shower, like all that laundry. stuff anything you can probably not anything but a lot of things you can think of you can do 
and this solidarity house. And that's really helped build a sense of community here in the Ipsy Ann Arbor area. Um, there are other folks who are doing it based off of the title. Like they call themselves mutual groups. Um, and we have like barbecues every Sunday and another way to just get to know someone in social engagement, you know, get food and just have a better sense of community with one another. And we, we kind of do this every week. <laughs> we kind of rotate between as meeting in Ipsy or in Ann Arbor, but it goes even beyond that. Like we've helped people move house, like move furniture wise because they're moving housing. Um, we've helped people get like bus tokens um, there are folks who have helped people even get housing because as we know, the, the system isn't as easy as like you apply and then you're all done. Like you have to go through hoops sometimes to get housing and just guiding folks of how to do that process um, are some of the things that Washtenaw Camp Outreach does. Yeah, I think the critical thing about Camp Outreach too is that they, it is uh the limit of, of so much mutual aid stuff is that it's the, the differentiation between it and, and just charity uh, is too often. It's just charity calling itself mutual aid. I think Washtenaw Camp Outreach has done an excellent job of like bringing in the people who are being served to provide the service. And so it's like it's a it is something that GDC is a part of, but it is autonomous from GDC and has just uh, tons of like formerly houseless and currently houseless folks that are engaged in the organizing. And I think that's really been the challenge for a lot of projects uh, for everyone. It's like, it's it getting over this uh, helping others and building some institutions where people can help themselves and organize to resist the system, like not just survive in the system, but kind of use it as a base for uh, fighting the system. And a lot of times those conversations happen at the barbecues at the solidarity house while someone's just like washing clothes where you engage in those kind of conversations. seen a gun but we know them gun fingers from shandy to brandy and dressed at hug figures i walked through the roads i was first called a and kneel to the auntie that once beat me with a wooden spoon laugh at it now because i can it's like my memories won't hold me for ransom but who's gonna foot the bill who's gonna help me heal who's gonna keep it real who's gonna pick me from these trenches when i'm in the battlefield life's a bitch what to next can't you tell think we die and go to heaven this is hell Cause the hurt, it don't stop me for real I love my father passed away in a voicemail Think I'm stuck with these scars, they don't heal So I bask in some love just to feel Yeah, it's there, you're pretending that it's real But I pray you dig yourself out the fields Cause you're just some good kids Run from the police G-shocks and rollies I pray that you get by I pray that you get by I pray that you find the lie You're a good kid you run from the police, G-Shocks and Rollies I'm starting embracing a silence Peace of mind isn't always synonymous with quiet 
And tell me how is one to operate inside the riot And tell me how I'm supposed to trust if I'm in bed with liars Well make that bed babes, new sheets, fresh linen In a cycle of repentance and yet still sinning Caught between I do believe but rather the world's bucked Caught between the blood of Jesus and a large cup of wine Slow sips, same ish and a different day New vibes, new eyes in this world of prey I know you tried, it's alright, give another try Mumblehead, he swear words and be mortified You went from victims to victors To nearly evicted to riches I hope that you get this I hope that you get this Cause you're just some good kids You run from the police G-shocks and rollies I hope that you get by I hope that you get right I pray that you find the lie You're a good kid Want G-shocks and rollies yeah, I pray that you get right. I hope that you find the light tonight. Well, I wanted to turn now and ask you know, another conversation we're having with a lot of guests is that uh, is the task of bringing in new folks into social movements, especially at a time when, you know, as we've been talking about, it's not there's a lull in activity, but there's definitely it seems like there's a plateau. And I'm just curious your thoughts, like what does that work look like right now? I mean, obviously you're having a conference, so that's a big deal. I think that work right now kind of looks like what Washington Camp Outreach is doing for us. Uh, build, I feel like I keep saying this, building relationships uh, with people and and just being a part of the community and the working class folks. Um, I think that's what it looks like for like Washtenaw GDC. Um, I mean, people just hang out in the house sometimes and play cards and play dominoes and they're the same folks that we're fine. You know, we're, we're going to have a Ipsy tenants union in like 20 minutes or like a GDC meeting in 10 minutes. And those are the folks that stay and listen and engage with us. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a, uh, so the Washington folks have been around since 2019 and the, the infrastructure they've built and the programs they've built have uh, made so it's it's not a it's not a activist outside thing anymore. It's like it's it has kind of like an organic relationship mm-hmm. uh, to folks in the neighborhoods, and uh, I think the other groups, the Lansing and Detroit folks, are struggling with trying to like we're relatively new, and so we're trying to like build on that model. And I think um, like in, in Lansing, I think so many of us wanted to engage in a stronger way in the George Floyd rebellion, but because of the lack of organization and uh, deeper roots in, uh, in so many people that are a part of the, the anarchist and revolutionary anti-capitalist movements here are so young and are, are transplants and things. That's also true in Detroit. Uh, I think a lot of things were out, people were outmaneuvered by folks in nonprofits and uh, having folks in nonprofits with bad politics getting to set the agenda. And I think the 
I mean, part of why we ha- we're having the conference is to kind of like reflect on the failures and the 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 failure of the 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 George Floyd movement to like move beyond its limitations and kind of make sure that you know the next round we're in a better position to engage uh, in a more meaningful way. Uh, and I think the folks in Ipsy in Washington are, are have done that and have made like some serious strides and the rest of us are kind of trying to, uh, you know, follow suit. I definitely don't think it's, it isn't the time to abandon struggle and just reflect on things, but it's like also like, I think struggle always happens in waves. It's never like just full throttle forever. So it's like, it's, it's important to kind of like the, the small groups can't replace, I mean, try as they might or pretend as they think uh, the small Groups can't replace the social movements that come from the the people, and it's you know it's so many organizations uh, that thought they had their shit together uh, never saw the George Floyd rebellion happening like it did, uh, didn't didn't foresee that coming, and uh, you know the people have a way of uh, leaving the organizations behind, and so it's like uh, I think. Uh, you know, we, we have to play catch up. And so it's like kind of not like trying to fight the last battle or like, you know, we're, that whatever happens next is going to be new and different, but understanding what our weaknesses were and kind of trying to, uh, you know, change, change those things. You know, you brought up nonprofits. I'm wondering if we can uh, touch on that for a second. I mean, the first thing that like comes to my mind with nonprofits is um, when we talk about the George Floyd rebellion, you know, we went from abolishing the police to so many different like step eights or reforming the police very quickly. And I think nonprofits um, just take people away from the movements and they give people, I don't want to say false hope, but they, I don't know. Can you help me out, Steve? Like they give people this. I mean, the foundations pay the nonprofits to siphon off, the people that capitalism can deal with. Yeah. To like, you're saying they don't pay them to start riots. (laughs) (laughs) What? They don't give up tax breaks for no reason. (laughs) And I mean, it's, it's, I, I, you know, I, so many friends over the year, I mean, people try to figure out ways to get paid. I mean, cause it's a, it's a struggle. I mean, it's like trying to survive in the system is a struggle. You don't want to like, hate on people for trying to figure out ways to organize and get paid but it's like this we've done this we've done this and it's just it the results are the things that need to happen don't happen and that's what i mean part of like uh you know kind of always trying to loop in the conversation about the conference the conference was funded by our membership we we just we there was no grants there was no academic there was no the 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 gdc people did like we we paid out of our pockets to make the conference happen. Everything was free. Uh, and so like that was a, a deliberate, you know, part of what we're doing is we're, we're not, we're not trying to do that. We're not trying to, uh, we're not trying to do that. And uh, we have to, we have class independence, you know, our, our organizations need to not be bribed by the foundations. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, uh <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic about what I what I what I want to talk about, but it's like just even like so the, the young the young organizations. I mean, like so in Lansing, there were there were young organizations that popped up that were critical of the more established BLM nonprofit organizations, and uh, but because there were not layers of older 
folks, older black folks especially, that could that were part of radical movements that could uh, help educate the younger generation of, of young black folks who wanted to struggle against the police and wanted the abolition of the police. I think because so many of the people that are still doing things are now in nonprofits where they're having to figure out how to shape what they do into ways to get money. It, it just had an insidious uh, effect on things. I mean, it, it really, mo- they re- I mean, here they really mobilize people out of the streets. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is, uh, and, and then so many of those young people that came into this movement so full of, uh, excitement and enthusiasm for fighting, you know, what is very blatant white supremacist police system. Now they're like, they're disheartened and defeated. And, uh, and, and, and so many of them are just off, like, not a part of anything. Not having faith in the Democrats, but also not having faith in the people either. And I know Detroit is also in a similar situation as far as like being mecca of nonprofits, <laughs> of having so many nonprofits do so many different things that it does make organizing more difficult um, because the young folks are going to nonprofits instead of going to revolutionary movements or revolutionary organizations. When we're at, there just there aren't revolutionary organizations. <laughs> I mean, there's just in Lansing, it's very it's it's a it's a it's an open it's an open playing field. There aren't there aren't things to join. I mean, there are nonprofits, and then there are. Uh, I mean, that's and then there's like the Democrats. I mean, it's like there's so few. Uh, and then there are some mutual aid projects that are less political, but like serve a real purpose. Well, I mean, with that in mind, I don't want to. I want to. I don't want to end on a really bummer note because <laughs> uh, I mean this conference is really awesome. I mean, uh, people can see when they open up the uh, little pamphlet and just all the different workshops. I mean, all the stuff we've been talking about and, and lots of other things. And people recognize some of the names on there, uh, folks or groups that we've had on the show from tenant unions to people like you mentioned, three way fight. Uh, so yeah, I'm just kind of curious, you know, with the, these thoughts in mind. Um, you know, I'm just kind of curious, you know, where you see things going, because as we said, like things aren't getting any better. None of the major contradictions have been resolved. Uh, you know, conditions continue to get worse. Um, I think one of the things that the Trump years and that whole period did, at least for me, is to just show the capacity of autonomous social movements to actually do a lot of things and actually build, uh, you know, build uh groups and networks and projects that that were much larger and had the ability to interface with everyday people in a way that i didn't think was possible so i'm i'm hopeful uh but yeah i agree that we're in this this low moment like a lo- i think a lot of people would agree with uh i don't know i'm just curious you know your thoughts on the future like how do we go from here and i guess set the stage for whatever comes next because obviously you know none of this is over yeah i mean i think this is this is i mean we have we've kind of been focusing on the terrain that we're on and the situation that we're in and it is it's bad we haven't even mentioned some of the things that are so bad (laughs) uh but i mean i think coming out of the so a couple things just uh so when we set out to do this we didn't uh we didn't know if, if people would come 
and and it really the the enthusiasm of folks wanting to engage with this and then i think the the fact that we got a lot of folks from different tendencies and uh even like folks with like historical political bad blood and things like that all in the same rooms together discussing the train we're on but also discussing like where do we go and uh, i think it was i mean and there was zero there were, while there was discussion and and uh uh arguing about ideas there was zero like sectarian zero like uh like just personal nonsense just people being like it really it was it was I mean, we, we really put some energy into like, how are we going to diffuse these problems when they come up? But then there, there wasn't those problems because I think people are, at least the people that, that came through there, there's a hunger for this. People, people who haven't given up want to fight and they want to be around people who want to fight and they don't just want to fight to go through the motions, but they want to fight to win. And so like that, I think, I don't think even people that came to the conference and I won't say names or anything, but people who came to the conference who had a pretty negative uh, expectation of what it would be like. There were people who were kind of like, I'm registering, but I don't like this group. So I'm probably just going to hang out outside and things like that. Zero of those people afterwards were on the kind of like negative train. Like people were, uh, and so we built all these connections with groups and individuals around the Midwest that I think has the basis for some, uh, exciting work in the future. And I mean, part of this is, uh, one of the people who was a part of, uh, who, one of the, one of the people that started this, this incarnation of the GDC and myself were also a part of ARA in the beginning and, uh, Anaracis Action and were a part of the, the, the conferences that were built around that in the Midwest. And we saw that the effect of that on the coming waves of anti-fascist youth organizing. And so really, doing this conference was in part to kind of think about that and, you know, create the basis for more uh, struggling together and building a real uh, vibrant social movement. And just as an example, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of going on long here, but uh, like, so they're in Toledo this coming weekend, there's a, a pride event, uh, the, the street level fascists in Ohio have been, it's, you know, compared to Michigan, they've been off the chain with the, like the blood tribe people and the Patriot front folks and proud boys and all these folks in the same mix together, even though they don't always get along, but they've been coming out and targeting stuff in a, in a, in a real, uh, organized and, uh, frightening way. And so we're trying to, you know, we've built some relations over the course of the conference to where now we're going to spend energy trying to go to Toledo to assist the comrades we've met there and, uh, you know, try to build this kind of like constant idea of solidarity with each other across the Midwest. And I think that will uh, be meaningful. And I think another thing that the conference did an amazing job at is bringing joy into the movement. Um, I mean, let's be honest, like talking about all of this can get really depressing and just down on yourself. And I think for a while we were missing that joy component of being in a movement together and like celebrating music with one each other and celebrating different cultures while also still building up a positive culture within the movement. Um, I think the conference did a really good job at that. And we kind of know it did a good job because we're still talking. I mean, the conference happened July 28th and we're still all on signal threats, communicating with each other and like bouncing ideas off of each other. So I think the conference got people really excited and going back to their home cities, organizations and like pulling ideas that we all came together for. And then 
actually implementing them where we're from. Yeah, just on uh, what you were saying right there, I mean, I think the past couple of years, for me, it's just shown how important it is, you know, that sort of communal support and also just realizing how people have gone through horrible things. And, like, you know, we've seen people murdered in the streets in front of us. We've seen people killed by the far right. We've seen... You know, people go to other countries and fight in other struggles and die. And and on top of just the daily grind of eviction and being fired for organizing and, uh, you know, ha- having to deal with just feeding yourself and everything else the system throws at you, uh, being deported, you know, being harassed by the police, getting arrested, getting charges. So... I'm curious to know your thoughts on on that sort of support, which I, I feel like often just kind of gets a little overshadowed by some of the bigger bigger stuff, quote unquote. Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I think the way one way that we can support each other is I don't think we have a lot of spaces where you can truly let your guard down. As far as like you're not being um marketing isn't at your throat and you can sit down somewhere you don't necessarily have to buy a coffee and I feel like we don't really have those spaces anymore um so like how do we create spaces where you could just truly engage in a conversation with someone and not feel threatened or not feel like the police is going to come any moment um not feel pressure to buy something and how do we also I think that's one of the joys of being a part of an organization. Like I know for me being a part of GDC kind of gave me that joy. And I know that like my comrades have my back. So if I need to like move, I no longer have to like, you know, think about a U-Haul or anything like that because my comrades would help me um, move. So I think that's one of the, the joys of being part of an organization is you have your comrades and you know, they're there to support you. Like, I'm pretty sure if I were to go to jail and I would be like, Hey Steve, like, do you know a lawyer? Can you help me make bail? Like I, I know Steve would have my back for that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think, and I would have your back. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think it's also this question of like, I mean, what, what we're talking about is so much in the society talks about self care. You need to take self care, take a break be by yourself, isolate, quarantine. It's like we've, we've, we have so many individualist responses to trauma and crisis. I mean, even therapy, you know, you're going to go by yourself and talk to a therapist when it's like, I think this isn't to, to like diss all that stuff, but it's this idea of collective care. Like this, the, the care you're talking about is the care of your comradeships and like the relationships you build with people in struggle. Uh, I've been, I've been doing, uh, anti-fascist stuff and other kinds of organizing since, uh, since probably 89. And the relationships that I've built with the folks I've struggled with are the relationships that I've maintained for my whole life. So the people in some of the first organizations I was with as a teenager, I'm still close friends with them. And, and they're the people that I know that I can count on. And it's like, I think, uh, pushing that outward, you know, it's like the same collective, care that we give each other through our comradeship is something that uh you know through more people engaging in this process and collective struggle together you can build these relationships too that have this uh meaning that's different than just 
just friendship or, uh, you know, even just coworkers, things like that. I mean, I think there's just, uh, there's something to struggling together that, uh, that, uh, is powerful. And I think what self care it, it you're always going to be in this vicious cycle because what you really need is an anti capitalism to go away. Like that's what you really need. And it's not going to happen by you spending a day or a couple months by yourself. You're just going to be put back in the same situation over and over again. Enjoying this podcast and want to support It's Going Down so we can continue to crank out more content? It's easy. Go to itsgoingdown.org on your computer or your phone and click the tab at the top or the menu version on mobile that says support IGD and then you can give us a one-time donation or sign up to donate monthly. Without your support, IGD doesn't continue. So if you appreciate our work, please consider supporting us. Again, go to itsgoingdown.org on your computer or your phone and click the tab at the top or on the menu version of mobile that says support IGD. And you can give us a one-time donation or sign up to donate monthly. You can also find the link in our Collectiva social media account and in the show notes of this podcast on itsgoingdown.org. And now, back to the show. You know, while we have you on, I wanted to, because you brought up uh, Detroit a couple times. I think Detroit is is a very unique city because it has a very rich culture. Um, as far as politically organizing, it, it's been in probably like every movement, I feel like. And so when you have a city that has a rich culture that has been in so many different political movements, and has so many different organizations, the terrain gets tricky once you add in nonprofits on top of that. So I think Detroit right now is, um, it's just a different terrain <laughs> because you have, you have organizations that have been there for so long and are doing the work and then when you have a new organization coming in, um, you just have to respect the organizations that have been there for a while. And um, I think there's a lot of good things that are happening in Detroit far as people are doing good work. Um, I feel like I'm going around about circle about Detroit because I'm trying to, really capture what's happening in Detroit. And I feel like I'm doing a failure of a job at that. But um, I, I I just think that Detroit is the, the city right now that you just have to tread lightly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think it, it has maybe in, in a lot of ways, the opposite problem that Lansing has. It has uh, a lot but, of organizations. And uh, there's so many, uh, strong personalities and legacies uh and uh and i think part of what the george floyd movement the george floyd rebellion like kind of taught us was like we don't have doing a lot of the things that we've been doing the same way isn't resulting in very much and so like uh this isn't just to like discount all sorts of things but there but there are a lot of folks i think doing the same things they've been doing for 30 40 years and uh it's going to take some uh, 
some new ideas and new energy and the eyes of young people uh, and in navigating the terrain for young people in Detroit, I think is, would, it would be very difficult. Yeah. Um, I think, with all that said, I mean, I think there are some things like, so like Detroit Eviction Defense. Uh, they were one of the organizations that I think, uh, that they did one of the, one of the, they did a, a workshop on eviction defense. And they've been one of the things I think really they sprung out of, uh, uh, Occupy and the wave of, uh, uh, foreclosed homes, the, the mortgage crisis. And uh, there's a whole group around that that I mean, I think, uh, that includes some young people then and some older folks then who are still doing work together who have like, I think, uh, been able to develop a real strong grassroots presence that is anti-capitalist and fights back. And, uh, they've just built, uh, they've done the work over the last, you know, over, you know, over a decade and the roots they've built have allowed them to be very strong. I, mean, I think there's, as the eviction thing switches to renters versus uh, mortgage, you know, people, homeowners, it's been very difficult, I think, for everybody to figure out ways to, uh, because the folks that are getting evicted have less stakes. There's, you know, they have less at stake. And so there, but I mean, the, the situation with Tora Brown, I don't know if people saw the videos of the, the folks fighting to defend her home from the bailiffs when they came to evict her. People fought with, with the bailiffs and defended her home for hours in a physical struggle with the bailiffs who were fighting them, punching them. Uh, and so it's like, I think there are these, not that that's a bright spot, but it's like, there are these things there where people are organizing in their neighborhoods and they're fighting back. Uh, at the same time, there's like all this new money in, in Detroit that is, uh, I think paying off a lot of people to have, you know, to maintain bad ideas. And I think Detroit, um, like many other organizations, is like, how do we create a multi-generation organization? How do we have young folks and the elderly under one organization sharing ideas back and forth? Well, we've been talking now for about an hour. I mean, is there any other things that you want to touch on? I feel like we've covered a lot. and It's been an interesting conversation. I feel like we could continue talking on each of these points uh, probably indefinitely, but... I'm curious if you have any other final thoughts or just kind of like where you are looking as we go into the future here. Um, I guess I would just want to encourage other organizations to host conferences. Um, like Steve mentioned, like GDC did this with our dues and our members coming together and meeting regularly. And this is something that we put together and will happily like help any organization do it as far as like how exactly we did it. But this is something that working class people can very much do and should do. Um, it's very doable and that this, it, the, the joy and the ideas that came out of it were totally worth the hours and hours that we put in. Um, again, like Steve said, no one sponsored us. There was no one, there was no academia that was over us. This was something that we did and that we were able to feed folks and house them and have a conference free for everyone. Yeah. I would just say, I mean, I think it's important for folks to get organized, uh, get involved in organizations. I mean, I think that's the folks that came to the organization, to the conference with five of their 
uh, comrades from their organization. I think those are the folks that got the most out of it. Uh, again, just we spent, you know, five months working on this and like, I mean, sometimes 20, 20 hours a week, uh, for many weeks, you know, I mean, 15 people. But it's like, I, I think we were all exhausted going into it and we didn't know how it was going to go. And we left it, I think almost everybody left it feeling charged up and ready to go. Like, uh, there's, there's, uh, so there's a new enthusiasm and a spark for uh, fighting back. This has been the It's Going Down podcast. Check itsgoingdown.org for daily updates, columns, action reports, and news. Go to itsgoingdown.org shop to support us and follow us on all social media platforms. IGD, your daily resource for insurgent proletarian life.